0: It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton, in for Susan Littlefield today as she is traveling out and abroad across the U.S. Today talking the trade with us is Sue Martin of Ag and Investment. Sue, thank you for joining us. As we take a look, we start on the grain trade today, mixed corn, wheat, and the red. But I want to talk about these soybeans ending in the green again. China-U.S. trade delegations happening over the weekend. China says they have a good faith That they will resolve the trade dispute what is your take sue
1: well i think we've been getting even through the christmas holiday and through new year's we were getting good uh vibes or good comments out of china out of china so that's good news but we still have to see the proof and um i think that uh, when we look at china's uh, talk you know there was rumors late last week of 20 to 30 cargoes being sold and today now they're pretty well talking that um, uh, the U.S. has maybe sold uh, 15 to 20 cargoes of beans to Costco and Sinograin, which would be around 900,000 to 1.1 million metric tons. So that's all still within the realm of the 5 million metric tons that was talked about from December 1st. And I believe we priced that 5 million metric tons in. And we fell back and then we work our way up and we're just floating here wanting some new news. But, um, I will say that, um, you know, when we look at, uh, um, you know, U.S. soybeans over the past week and new vessels showing up for the vessel lineup nearly daily, it is a possibility that we could see um, the u s and you know corn and wheat shipments even pick up as well now that the holidays are all gone and done and over with, but also, I would say that um, we would need to see out of china i think if they 're going to try to get some settlements uh, made here or agreements, I think one of them that needs to show good faith is that China drops a twenty five percent tariff on u s soybeans, and to me that would drive the market more enthusiastically higher than coming up with another million metric tons of beans. I think that when we talk, we need something like another three, maybe four million metric tons of beans beyond the five. Um We need some corn announcements, and we could get that. We could see some corn uh sales announced, and it could even be DDGs or ethanol. But I will say this. Let's say That we sold 10 million metric tons of soybeans, which is about 370 million bushels to China. Well, that would still probably leave your carryover somewhere around that 585 to 600,000 metric tons, or million bushels, I should say, in our carryout, which is still a pretty enthusiastic carryout, but then we could start working down from there. Right now, we're still looking at 1.9 billion bushels that the USDA In their last estimate in December, uh, before the government shutdown was shown for, you know, what they're using as an idea of an estimate for this crop year for exports. And if we start to increase some of these sales to China, that's going to be a good sign. But, you know, still, we've got, they didn't lower only, but in November, I think 25 million bushels exports lowering it down. And so the the 1.9 billion bushels could still be a little lofty unless we get something out of here. But psychologically, I think it would be very good for the market and for what we could see happen if we saw tariffs be reduced or dropped on U.S. soybeans.
0: Sue, so looking at the more broad picture grains, several analysts had said from the fundamental standpoint, a few of them may be overbought currently, but with lack of USDA due to the government shutdown, lack of USDA data that we're not seeing a turnaround in these. What is your thought? Are the grains overbought? And if so, when we do get USDA back online and the government funded or that portion of it funded, what could be the down downturn potential here?
1: Well, I will say this. I don't think that the corn and soybeans are overbought or corn and wheat's overbought. Beans, I think, temporarily are. And technically today we reached a trend line from the May 29th high of 2018. And also that trend line coincides with an also an upper trend line from all the highs that we've had here in this sideways basing action that we've been going through for some time and also before we really started worrying about tariffs and what have you. Um, So, And then the 200-day moving average just right smack almost above us, too. So there's lots of resistance just overhead that we're banging up against. So the market, we had timing for a high due here today, and the market closed higher, but it wasn't a runaway. I think we're going to see a little bit of a pullback. Then if we can get some news, um, then I think that, We'll be able to take and start to push this market. Now, we've got rumors going on corn and cotton. And of course, you know, China had said they would, they opened up the door for, uh, U.S. rice. So, we've not seen any sales that yet we can really hang our hat on of those three. But even if we did get, uh, corn, I think it would be corn. I think it would be DDGs. Um, you know, maybe some ethanol but uh because they've got an ambitious endeavor that in by uh 2020 the end of 2020 that they will have ethanol being blended throughout the whole country of China uh so with gasoline so that's kind of an an ambitious endeavor but they say that they're on target to meet that endeavor so that will be interesting to see if that actually does continue the the easy part seems that I think that we will get some kind of an agreement with these, uh, tariffs on grains and what have you. But I think the tougher part is going to end up being on the IP theft and the market access and, and the structural reforms that they have. And, but even more so tougher, um, the Department of Commerce will probably fall under this, you know, line of, of, uh, endeavors, but the enforcement of the mechanisms that try to keep China Uh, compliant because they've got a history in the past of being very non-compliant. So time will tell.
0: Again, we're talking with Sue Martin, Ag and Investment, talking today's trade on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Livestock coming up next. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield, Sue Martin of Ag and Investment in our last segment discussing grains, soybeans, and trade negotiations with China. Now let's turn our attention to livestock and Sue. Some solid triple-digit gains in live cattle and feeder cattle today. What were some of the factors behind the trade?
1: Well, I think first off, the market was getting itself a little oversold um, we had dropped from the 125 high for the lead contract, which December did, and dropped down. So, we had about a $4 break that came pretty quickly. The, um, we also had cycle window timing due here today, which we thought would be a low. And because cattle had broke into it, contrary, you know, we had beans rally into theirs, and we thought beans would put a high in. And of course, uh, we had wheat also rallying to it, which we think is putting a high in. And sometimes when you get these, the responses can be short-lived or they can be major tops. But, um, we thought with cattle, um, it would be a bounce that won't live because our indicators are telling us that the cattle should be turning south and trying to work further down. We think that uh, the market's into a cleansing period. Uh, we think that, um, from what we're hearing, there's a little more product in the pipelines but uh... the cash market this week too we've heard some talk that we may be a dollar lower if cash is a dollar lower we went through a basis change on the futures in relation to the cash and that's probably the biggest change we've seen with february cattle for example from about the middle of december say december 19th, uh, we were running around four dollars and sixty cents or something like that over the price of december futures and all of a sudden what happened is We've seen that spread change. December futures went off the board higher than the Feb. Weather may have helped that a little bit. But in the meantime, the February futures went discount to the cash market by almost a dollar. So we're looking at a basis that normally about now will start to change and will tend to run that way where the cash market now tries to hold at equal to or higher than what the futures are for the February futures. We think that the cattle market's due for some correction here, and it's probably more healthy than anything, because long-term, we're very friendly to the cattle market. We think this is going to end up being a very good year for the cattle producer, and we think at the end of this year, of 2019, we will look back and we will have closed the year higher than we did on December 31st of 2018. So, you know, but that doesn't mean the market doesn't have pullbacks. We had a lower low in uh 2018 on cattle, taking a lead contract, and then we close the year higher. That usually will portend that the market's going to have some positivity and try to reach the high of last year and try to take it out. Well, that's the 130 mark. So I think we're going to do that. But as we go down the road, we should be very current on cattle. We're looking at a weather forecast where we're expecting about, oh, the 19th or 20th of, of uh, January that we see a, co- a cold polar vortex that just steps back down from Canada into the Midwest and probably will encompass a lot of cattle country. And so, you know, the weight gains aren't going to do as well. Uh, We'll be feeding a lot of corn for that. But um, we think that uh, the demand for beef long term is going to be good. But on the short term, we think the cattle market is going to see a setback and, um, you know, we're going to get a little bounce here, might only last a few days. And then we think the hedgers will be willing to step in and sell that rally and have themselves protected as they go through the next 30 days.
0: Sue, you do a lot of traveling around the country and you have the opportunity to speak to ag producers at, at all sorts of functions. In your travels in late 2018 and the ones that you're looking out for in early 2019, what is the current sentiment of ag producers when it comes to markets and the general health of the ag economy?
1: Well, I have to say, there's frustration out there. You know, we're in our uh, sixth year from uh, the highs of. Uh, 2012, you know, of having um, from that peak down to the low levels and the basing that we've been going through. Now, this is nothing new. We've seen this before over the years where we'll base for several years, maybe three, four, five years, and that's kind of what's happened. And then if you take from the huge gaps that were left on daily continuation charts and the weekly uh, continuation charts, we've got huge gaps in the corn market. And we are hearing rumors, you know, that there is going to be some corn business done with China, which would not surprise us at all, but it should sure be a good thing. Well, when you're starting to get into 2019, you're now into year six of that and year seven since the high of 2012. So, you know, people are getting frustrated. Bankers are a little more tenuous this year. And now you have a government shutdown right at the wrong time when farmers are trying to set up their financing for the next year, and you've got the MFP payments supposed to be coming out. Now, granted, if you had signed up early enough, you'd still get your check in time. However, those who still didn't make it and needed to sign up by, you know, the 15th of January, those people, because of the uh, shutdown, the partial shutdown in government, won't get their check until afterwards.
0: That again, Sue Martin of Angan Investment on the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.